and stick around for the next two hours. No, it's going to be good. on the screen we have all the information now but what does it mean reasons a tease drank up all that hemlock here I am just reading the leaves Left wondering what happened to the life we lost that got lost in the living and all this fiction makes me nervous. Turns out it was busted on the canvas with my just like some bullshark painting. Sacrificial violence, all those passed over in silence, then cast out with the blame. And I'm trying to stay sane. Meanwhile, the river of forgetfulness it starts spilling the pains.
sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today, it's Friday, January 12th, 2018. Thank you so much for listening. This is Mutiny Radio. We are here in the Mission District in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. thought we'd start off the show with some music and probably playing some more music later on in the program as we get ourselves settled here. Have a great program for folks today. Uh, it's a privilege to be joined later on by folks from the uh, Anti-Police Terror Project. Um, they do a lot of amazing work here in the Bay Area and wanting to amplify their voices and get the word out about some events that are happening this weekend. There's some that are starting even today. So please do stay tuned. We'll be speaking with Cat uh, Brooks today at 1230. So please do stay tuned for that. Oh, so I suppose I often start off the show with a rant about the world and how things are and how frustrating it is and recognizing that so much of it's systemic and understanding how folks end up participating in these systems that are in place. And sometimes I, I, I wouldn't necessarily call them fights. I would say arguments or discussions that happen online and trying to decide how much of one's energy should be spent talking about things online versus in person, and there's so many different ways to have conversations. And then also, how does one use one's energy and how, how to be constructive and then also recognizing emotions. And I'm a pretty emotional person. I'm a very sensitive person. And oftentimes, I mean, I pretty much wear my heart on my sleeve all the time. Folks who, who know me can testify to that. And I am grateful for folks who sometimes can... Uh, Let's just say perhaps I've avoided certain, I wouldn't necessarily say, necessarily say conflicts, but there are certain times when I've wanted to really act out in, in anger, in, in righteous anger for sure. And thinking about long-term goals as well, you know, it's, there's, in the short term, there are certain things and actions and words that might feel very satisfying, I recognize. And then in the long term, that might not be the best goal. So thinking about that, and it goes along with the, the old familiar phrase of picking one's battles. And there's so many battles to pick. This whole country is just, uh, it's it to be here at the epicenter. And I often wonder what folks who are living outside the U.S. Here, it's being brought up in this country, especially there's this very much this putting the, this, this nation somehow above all else in terms of not studying and recognizing what's happening in the rest of the world and prioritizing what's happening in the rest of the world, as well as this nation's role with the government and the military in terms of what's happening elsewhere. And this, so, I mean, I've always, for a long time, I've thought of the U.S. as this idea of a, it's like the high school bully who's super insecure and goes around beating up everyone else, because, you know, instead of working on itself, and to be living in this, and how does one how does one change it? And then I get the idea that, oh, you have to change yourself too. And I recognize that. And it's oftentimes hard to change yourself if there's a lot of people who are against you or the systems that are against you. And when so many folks are working to survive, to support themselves and their families, how 
how can that really happen? And how does one work for the greater good um, when so often folks are targeted either by the government and by the systems that are in place and by poverty? I was thinking about that today as well. Just, you know, folks talk a lot about gun violence. And I wish the national discussion could also be about the, the, the violence of poverty and how many people die every year because of poverty. Where's the, where's the outrage about that? especially living in the Bay Area and in San Francisco in particular, the, the wealth disparity is just so large. And that's in the process, or the city's in the process of, of choosing a new mayor. And then folks are very wary about who Ron Conway talks to as he is representative of the tech industry and as the politicians that he seems to get under his arm seem to go along with a lot of what he wants, which includes tax breaks for the very wealthy tech companies that have come in, taken land, uh, the workers have taken apartments and houses from people who have lived here for generations. So, and I'm also very much of the opinion that more change happens on the outside rather than on the inside. And I also recognize a diversity of tactics. So for the folks who want to work within the system to change it too, I recognize that. And there's just a lot of ways people can can show up. So I also want to acknowledge that. <sighs> so there's there's a lot there. There's there's so much. I oftentimes also think about how much personal information to share on here, and also wanting to make it as universal as possible. And oh, it's it's tough. It's very tough. And I also appreciate folks who are vulnerable and also do open up about what they're going through. And that's the one way we can, we can all bond is to share what we're going through and find out how we can work together because so many of us are going through a lot of this similar things. I'm angry at a lot of people, situations, ICE agents in particular. I mean, there's a lot of, I'm angry, I guess, about the idea of capitalism and that so many folks feel pushed to do jobs that end up harming people. And I also feel like people should take responsibility if your job is, I'm just, for, so hearing about the ice raids, there have been folks, I'm going to take a deep breath so I don't get too worked up about this. I do want to communicate effectively. And I'm also pretty fucking angry. So there's that. The, so there were ice, the ice agents went to 7-Elevens on the West Coast this past week. And it's, to me, it feels like just Gestapo tactics, going in and separating people from their families and this idea of just following orders not even questioning what those orders are and harming people. And also I find it really important just to keep on emphasizing that these deportations were happening before this year, before last year, they've been happening for a long time. So it's not in a way it's, it's nothing new. These are, these are being amped up for sure. And that needs to be paid attention to. And also these are things that happened under a democratic president. And until folks can recognize that, we're going to have a lot of trouble if people say, oh, we'll just wait and we'll vote new people in. If the people who are voting in are still participating in this system, then that's, that's not going to help us much. Maybe fewer people will be hurt, but people will still will be hurt. So that's a problem. <sighs> Feels good to, to get that out there. I also wonder how much there's the folks, I, and I myself am included in this, this idea of taking action online, whether that's sharing information and having discussions and also how much can happen outside of that for, and really wanting to encourage folks who are, who have the ability to go out to take part and recognizing that so many people are, I know are, are burning out. So really wanting to encourage folks who have not yet participated in some way to participate 
whatever that is. And one thing I like to remind folks is that you can just have conversations with people too. If you don't know of any events or actions that are happening near you, plan one. Talk to friends, talk to people who are also on the same page and think about what you can do. Talk to your neighbors, get to know your neighbors. Get to know the people you're living around instead of this idea of being very isolated. Think about how people can work together, how we can share information. There's the, the saying that uh, the opposite of addiction is connection. And how can we stay more connected to each other? There's also just a few ideas I'm throwing out here that I've mentioned before on the show that I think are really crucial. And also the idea of like with folks who identify as activists or are in that realm, that idea of the how one can talk the talk and does one actually walk the walk. And I myself really want to challenge myself with this idea. I can I have certain core beliefs and then how do I actually enact those in my in my personal life, in my interpersonal connections? I might believe, oh, this this is what the this is what they want and this is how do I not let it take over and how do I actually treat the people in my life as as well as I can and not let the fear of scarcity and all the fear tactics that have been in this culture for such a long time and all the brainwashing how do I undo that thinking and that teaching and even being brought up in a in a household where I was honestly I feel like I was told the truth about how things were and how fucked up things are and how fucked up capitalism is and how unjust hist- history has been and it continues to be even with that, still there's so much programming through the media, even through public schools, through social interactions that for me has done a lot of, I think, damage. Just as a lot of internalized uh, hatred, whether it came from being socialized as female and the misogyny, whether it came from homophobia, internalized homophobia, internalized transphobia. And I think something also is like maybe internalized I'm sure there's a, a proper, a better term for this. This maybe in, it's a, the anti-left kind of mentality in this country or this very much anti, I mean, there, there were, the, they talk about you know, the, wit, the witch hunts and the Red Scare and all of this. And how about this? And, it's, and how many folks who, who have lost their jobs or been imprisoned or been killed for their, for their political beliefs and around the world? And that's something too that I think needs to be addressed. So thinking about that as well. So, I'm going to put that out there in the universe, and right now, I'm going to take a little bit of a music break, and then we'll be back uh, with some folks in a little bit, so stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Weekly Review. Joined here right now by Azalia and Heather. Thank you for being here. Hey. Yeah. So uh, we'll be hearing from Mike. Cat Brooks will be calling in around 1230 um, from Black Lives Matter and the Anti-Police Terror Project. So very much looking forward to that. Heck yes. Yeah. So what's new with you two? Oh, not much. I've been hanging out. This is my first time here and it's awesome to speak to you and yeah. people that you vibe with here. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to hear what Kat has to say. Yeah. There's a lot of actions happening starting today um, at Rockridge Bart this morning. Mm-hmm. A speak out. So oh, just a lot of different events happening. Uh, it's uh, 96 hours of non-compliance. <gasps> yes. yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> it's a marathon. Fuck the police. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. So um, can you tell me a bit more about her? Do you know much about her history? Or we'll obviously hear a lot more. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen her speak and just oh, feel cool. very much, yeah, ah. like honored to, to hear more. Ooh, so, yes. yeah. Mm, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> so are you planning on going to any... Um, uh, rallies or protests yeah, this month? Well, there's two happening tonight. One is at the Federal Building here in San Francisco, and there's another one happening in Oakland at Latham Square. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then um, about state violence, uh, sexual state violence. Yes, state-sanctioned violence. Yes, yeah. And then there's... Uh, the march is happening Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just okay. a lot of different... Yeah, there's a lot of different marches happening. There's also an event happening at the Shell Mound. And so looking forward just to hearing more of the specifics about it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I know. Yeah, we'll hear a lot. Hopefully they're all peaceful and... Well, it'll be peaceful on our side. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. We'll see what the state does. Yeah. yeah. I know. You see how scared people get when they see us all wearing the same shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and saying yeah. the same things. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. It's yeah. so intimidating. Everyone's yeah. getting along. We must disrupt that somehow. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Oh, no. Narrative. They all think Black Lives Matter. Disperse. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I know. Did you hear um, that's something that uh, the state or whatever powers that be are trying to use against protesters? If they all wear the same thing, that's something they could charge you with. Like, charge. It's like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, well, all cops wear uniforms. Could we charge them against that? They're all dressed alike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, right? (laughs) You're like, hmm, that's intimidating. Yeah, yeah, that, and they carry weapons with them. Yeah, yeah, right? Uh, Weapons are words. But that's nor here nor there. <laughs> it's just reality. Yeah. Oh my God. So are you inf- as infuriated as I am with that teacher that was... Oh, arrested in Louisiana for speaking up about asking for a raise. Yeah. 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 This teacher asked for a raise in like, a, you know, it, this was a place yeah. they were talking about this. Like mm-hmm. that's why they were all there. And they had her escort, not escorted out. They had her arrested. Like, and the cop like pushed her to the ground and like and you hear her like it's so sad how like typical the mindset is like like it's sad obviously this has never happened to her she's a what looks like a white lady um but she's an educator so i'm sure she has a much more open mind about the way things are Uh but it's just so sad and uh, it, like how she was so surprised at her treatment like like she's like what are you doing i'm not doing anything you yeah. push me to the ground and i'm like you're preaching to the choir lady yeah. <laughs> like yeah that's what they do yeah, living in a police state mm-hmm. yeah. like they like i love how you know they could say oh you're resisting and she you know out loud was like you 
pushed me down. Yeah. What am I supposed to? Ugh, come yeah. On. Just for a raise, too. Yeah, she just wanted further, a raise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh and God. now oh. it intimidates people. Now, no one wants to ask for a raise because you might get. Oh, I love how they were like, I how one woman at the end was like, I have never seen a man get escorted out of this place. Mm. Yeah. A man has mm. never, that's never happened to a man. But if a woman speaks up, oh, oh, yeah. oh no. Oh. <sighs> well, what's. God. It must be her. It must be that time of the month. Oh no! Put her in jail. I want to like arm women and just have them women running through the streets with and just like take over. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I'm waiting. I'm like, I'll make you guys sandwiches. Everyone, <laughs> I'll make everyone yes. sandwiches. I'll be there to support you. Yes, everything. Um, yes. Ready for a complete takeover. God, yeah. this is just. It's been far too long. Mm-hmm. Vote for Oprah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I say vote. For, I mean, vote for anybody I say just, other than. I say self governing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. That's <sighs> in an ideal world. Yeah, we'd all have a say and we all wouldn't be racist pieces of shit. Let's just get along. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's just all get along. Um, I had seen this. Um, uh, some thing on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, about this teacher, I think in Brooklyn, uh, a black man uh, raised a bunch of money so mm-hmm. all of the students could go see Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Which was awesome. And it is so sad seeing all the negative comments. <laughs> yeah, what can you say, right? What can you have to say that's a negative about, about this black man yeah, wanting to money. show, you know, kids of color, showing them in a positive light on TV? It's so many people were like, oh, don't you think you could spend that money on this? Or how about you teach him about Martin? Like, what makes you think he hasn't taught them oh, yeah, about yeah. all this shit? What's wrong with being able to go to a fucking movie for once in your life because you're too poor? Or, you know, it's yeah. a luxury and it's awesome and important for kids to see someone that looks like them making a difference. Yeah. And it. It was so sad seeing how many people had, and obviously they were all white people. Of course. <laughs> of course. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. yeah. So it's like no matter what people do, they'll find a reason to speak up about it in yeah. a negative way. Yeah. Because yeah. it makes them uncomfortable or because yeah. it's like, oh, my, my, my privilege in the world is being questioned or even they think right. it's being questioned. Yeah. yeah. They have something bad to say. I know. And it's so sad how many comments were like, can't you let us have this? Just let us have this. Yes. Don't say shit. Like, if you have nothing nice to say, don't, don't say, say anything. anything at all. God, that message apparently didn't get across to everybody. No. Oh, God, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree. It's mm-hmm. infuriating. Mm-hmm. Oh. But God bless that teacher. Yeah. Yeah, he seems cool. awesome. We need, we need more of those. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. and teachers should be compensated for their work. More. Yep. Yeah. I honestly think because he was only trying to raise ten thousand uh-huh. dollars, he raised thirty thousand dollars. Oh, that's great. Right? He should keep that extra twenty thousand. Of course. Because yeah, that's I'm sure that's they'll use it. Yeah, yeah, he'll probably use it to buy the kids crayons and, and like books. supplies. Absolutely. Yeah, he yeah. would yeah. so do that. Or another do. like you know motivational like yeah, take him something. Yeah. yeah, take him on an awesome field trip. Right. right. Field trip. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. God. Oh. I know. He deserves that money. Even if he uses it to go on a vacation. I'm sure it's a well-deserved vacation. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> he needs to decompress. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Gosh. Oh. Anyways. So. Oh. 
You you excited to see Black Panther? I am. Ooh, I when, am. Let's all go on a date. Yeah. Let's just go. We'll all like yeah. When we'll does it come go out? together? Yeah. Set up a page. Um, Whoever wants to come with us. Yeah. Let's go, Eli and Jasmine. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and on the um, I think I believe it's the Bay Area Queer Exchange. There, um, folks who want to contribute funds to like for folks to go for to other see. people yeah. to go. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. totally do that. Mm-hmm. <gasps> can you, you send that. me the tag me in that yes. so I can? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have, do that. I'll have uh, Stefan pay for. A bunch yes. of kids to go. All right? right that's Techie right. dollars and goodies. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Clapping for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Heather's got to get out of here and, oh, and raise okay. the future. Oh, yeah. cool. You're you got to go kids? babysit. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, 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 thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah. This is my first time here, so I'm looking forward to come again. Coming yeah, again. Coming welcome. again. <laughs> and showing uh, her uh, view of the world of from the world, a, uh, another woman of color. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My Filipino sister. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. I'll cool. see you in a little. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Roman. Oh, yeah. Thank thank you. So we're going to play a clip here, and this is from Community Ready Corps, and this is a video that they have up. And this is in preparation of 96 hours of noncompliance. So stay tuned, and we'll be back in a bit.
So, uh, please stay tuned um, as, yeah, we're going to just chat for a little bit. And in the meantime, I'm going to mention a few things that are coming up that folks can participate in. So Community Ready Corps, which is an awesome organization, has an upcoming um, earthquake preparedness uh, seminar. So folks can check this out. And this is on Saturday, January 27th from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. And the uh, invite says, uh, please join the Community Ready Corps for our earthquake and emergency preparedness seminar Saturday, January 27th. Uh, at 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. at ACCE Action at 2501 International Boulevard in Oakland. Uh, we will be covering the three phases of earthquake readiness, including earthquake prep, earthquake response and survival, and earthquake recovery. Mm-hmm. So again, that's on the 27th, and there's a Facebook invite that I will share right now on the Weekly Review webpage, and you can check that out at facebook.com slash weeklyrev. Beautiful. Yeah. So it's important. Yeah. So what's what's new with you? Ah, uh, no, same shit, different day. I hear that. Yeah, living the life. <laughs> then uh, working with my kiddos. Yeah. yeah. Trying to teach them how to good be good people. Yeah. Is that, is that inspiring though? Just to know that like at least the next generations, like we can teach them what we know. God, yes. It. Uh, so I've had some. Um, interesting realizations um it's it's inspiring but it's saddening at the same time um i've noticed how good i am with kids and then how not good a lot of people are with kids um so a friend is a nanny and the entire time they were with the kid they like literally never really spoke with the child like the entire like i was with them for a few hours never really engaged um never asked the child how they felt or what they thought or anything really you know and just little things like that which aren't little at all they make a huge difference it's literally like the the child's day um like it, it just it made me feel bad that the children aren't being challenged the way they should and their time isn't being valued yeah because they're sponges especially at this age this is when you're supposed to be constantly talking to them and helping them and teaching them because you know when they're teenagers they're not going to want to talk to you anyways right right, right. so i it's uh, like the parents are like that like the kids like the parents just talk over the child the kids try and ask for attention and it's it's saddening um, because I, I've seen, I see that all the time, like, you know, at parks when I take my kids and then I, I'm like the complete opposite. Like I'm probably like a helicopter parent, but in the best way possible, sure. <laughs> you know, like every moment is a teaching moment for every, like even adults, like you could teach adult, like I constantly teach adults things about basic decency and whatnot. Um, but it's I'm I'm trying to balance, you know, like feeling bad for the kids who don't get the attention they deserve and need, but then being happy that well I do or I give them what they need and I should be happy and you know, feel good about myself. But, you know, you're your worst critic. <laughs> you know, I always feel we could always do so much more. I need to do more. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel that too. Yeah. And it's also just Oh, uh, so we've got a call. Yay! So stay tuned momentarily, and we'll be back in a moment. (laughs) Hello? Hello? 
Mutiny Radio. Hello? Hi there. Hi, it's Kat. Oh, hi, Kat. Sure. Thank you so much for calling. Yeah, sure. Sorry, I'm a little late. Oh, that's okay. Um, so we can go on the air whenever you're ready. Do you have any questions? No. Okay, great. So we'll about to go on the air. I'm, I'm a Roman, by the way, and uh, this is Azalea. Hey! Hi, hi. Hi. Nice hey. to talk to you. <laughs> All right. So here we go. And uh, welcome back. We are here with Kat Brooks from the Anti-Police Terror Project. Kat, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, So there's a lot of events happening this weekend uh, in the Bay Area. Yes, there is. Yes, that's putting it mildly. Um, So please feel free to to share um, uh, whichever ones you'd like to speak about. Oh, my gosh. There's uh, so many, but I guess for so first, I mean, I think people should know that it's part of 96 Hours of Direct Action. Awesome. Um, this is the fourth annual 96 Hours of Direct Action, which was born from a national call to reclaim King's radical legacy. Hmm. Um, and here has a set of demands um, that are either a part of work that is ongoing that we want to highlight that community is doing or work that people want to start and launch campaigns that will continue forward. Yes. So today, the first day is saying no to state-sanctioned violence. Yes. There several actions that are happening today um, that are in the process or have already occurred. But there's one today at 4 o'clock at Oscar Grant Plaza, mm-hmm. which is 14th and Broadway, for folks who don't know, which is uh, a, a rally against uh, state, state-sanctioned sexual assault. Ah. Um, so folks will remember the swap case. And then on Monday, uh, a San Francisco police department officer was booked in the SF County Jail on charges of rape. Yes. And what we know is that sexual assault is the number way that women, and particularly women of color, experience uh, police terror. Yep. That's today at 4 o'clock. Um, I should pull up the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Because there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Totally. Tomorrow, I know that there are some feed programs that are happening at the different encampments. Um, and then, and tomorrow is around housing, right? The demand is specifically around housing. Mm-hmm. There are 2,700 unhoused people on the streets of Oakland every single night. Oh. While, uh, politicians, you know, pontificate about these great plans and people just need to wait, but oh. people on the street, right, are in the yeah. cars. And so, yeah. people are being folks, um, getting folks. Uh, supplies makes you know, more outside, more comfortable. Um, and that's happening, I think it's almost all the camps across Oakland tomorrow. And then Sunday, um, there's two actions that are happening. One of them, uh, named to the calendar, so give me a minute, but it's uh, uh, West uh, Shellman's prayer. Uh, that day, Sunday, is solidarity with indigenous peoples and international struggle. Where's that one at? 
Of course. Um, that's starts at one o'clock, and I want people to know it's family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, we move to the streets of Oakland. We play speeches, you know, the more radical of King's speeches. We're going to hand out um, food and clothes and socks, whatever donations we get. And that's call great. Out people bring donations so that mm-hmm. as we move through the, the streets, we can also um, show some love to our folks. Yes. Um, we're not giving the end location because. Uh, not of OPD's business. Right. Yep. Um, <laughs> but it'll That's be a right. significant place. And then, uh, and then that'll be it. Yes. Uh, for at least the four days. But like I said earlier, you know, our hope is that people plug into work that resonates with them, join organizations, or start them that can do that work. Um, and, and really build back up the resistance that we saw on the streets right after Trump was elected. Right? Yes. And um, so that's an, a secondary hope that this sort of recharges the energy of people to get in the streets and stay in the streets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't just be angry. Do something about it. Get out there. Yeah. Yeah, I think some people forget that just being there, you know, even if you're not screaming at the top of your lungs, just being in one of those crowds of people protesting, you know, for justice and their rights and all of that, you're making a difference because you're showing that you're part of this huge movement you're adding to it your presence is valuable so you know i think yeah some people you know they're a little on the quiet side you know just just show up so you know the fucking powers that be can see that there's a lot of us that don't like what they're doing Mm -hmm. and we're in the majority when when they don't see a lot of us right Mm -hmm. then then they they keep pushing the limits further and further Um, yeah Right, to, to the right, and, and in this case, towards fascism. And in terms of, like, if you're a quiet person, you know, I always talk about everybody has a role to play, right? Not everybody's going to face up with the pigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everybody's thing, right? Not everybody needs to be getting uh, pepper sprayed. We need people to cook food. We need people to manage volunteer lists. We need people to coordinate uh, meetings. We need people to knock on doors. We need people to do press releases and, and graphic design. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so exactly. There's so, um, yeah. Like, what, what, what makes your fire, you know, the, the fire burn inside of your belly? Do that. I guarantee you whatever organization you decide to, to move with will we'll be happy to have your talent. Exactly. Yeah, I love that about Roman. He said on multiple occasions when we talk about, you know, protesting and whatnot, he's like, well, I'll, I'll be in the back making sandwiches for everybody. And that, that matters. That yeah, you can't go out there screaming and protesting on an empty stomach. Right. <laughs> yep. Or, you know, it also utilizes a lot of energy. Sometimes you need to eat after, or you need to eat in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to feel that, like, there's people that have your back while you're out there putting your body on the line. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff matters. Exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also just really grateful for the Anti-Police Terror Project and all the work that uh, folks there do. Um, so I just wanted to also give that, uh, amplify um, that organization as well. So just, yeah, it's so it's such important work. Yeah, can you tell me uh, a bit more about uh, what you all do? Sure. Uh, so the Anti-Police Terror Project has been in existence for three years. It sort of evolved out of an organization uh, called the Honest Organizing Committee, which was formed uh, during the struggle for justice for Oscar Grant mm-hmm. and was a black liberation organization. And awesome. um, 
we were doing a lot of protesting and calling people in the streets pretty consistently, both to protest state-sanctioned murder here in Oakland and San Francisco, but also across the country. Mm-hmm. And that's important work, right? Being We just talked about being in the streets matters, but it, it, it matters more when it's coupled with an organizing strategy. Yeah. And we started having conversations about um, what, how do we stop just responding to state violence and start visioning what it would look like to interrupt it, right? Mm. And um, and we we talked about, like, what would it be like to live in a world where police terror was eradicated from communities of color? Yeah. And that sounds like a big, huge thing, um, and it is a big, huge thing, um, but that's our goal, and that's our mission. That's um, awesome. To rapidly respond to and eradicate police terror from communities of color. So to that end, we work in uh, several committees. We have our first responders committee, which responds every time there's an officer involved shooting, well, I can't say every time, as much as possible. Again, we're all volunteer, nobody gets paid. Yeah. Um, As much as possible, which is pretty frequently. Um, Our first responders go out to the scene. The community uh, is great. They let us know. At this point, reporters call me and and tell me that uh, the cops have killed somebody. (sighs) Um, So our our first responders team go out. They uh, get as much information as they can. They identify witnesses, they take uh, witness statements, because we know that the, the narrative that's going to come out from the state and corporate-backed media yep. is, you know, that this person uh, took a lollipop out of a 7-Eleven when they were seven years old, right? Yep, um, it's going to be very different. That he was, you know, he was, uh, or they, they were murdered um, uh, that day. So we get witnesses and narratives, we take pictures. Sometimes the cops actually leave behind evidence. Mm-hmm. Like in the case of Yvette Henderson, they left behind shell casings. Um, and because we have people um, with all kinds of skill sets, that's how we were able to identify that she was murdered with an AR-15. Wow. Um, they, we find the family, we find community leaders. We uh, start shifting the narrative right there on the scene as people are walking by. You know, the cops killed somebody else. Yeah. Um, and then we, we work with the family because that was another reason why we wanted to establish anti-police terror project. These families had this traumatic event hit them out of nowhere mm-hmm. and then get little to no support. And then worst case scenario, they turn on the TV and well-meaning activists have their loved ones placed on a flyer or a billboard or whatever and are marching through the streets screaming their name, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we work with families who build relationships with the families who provide pro bono legal support, oh, mental and emotional support. Beautiful. Um, we do fundraising. We do the organizing work, media, etc. Yeah. So that's that's We've got a media committee. Um, that awesome. real mission is to impact the public narrative around police violence. Yeah. And, and talk about all of the ways in which state violence impacts our lives. Yes. Um, we've got a policy committee, uh, which is currently really working on the defund OPD campaign with the goal of decreasing the Oakland Police Department budget ultimately by 50%. Yeah. Um, cutting it in half. Uh, and redirecting those funds to housing, towards mental health services, education, yeah. um, all the things have, to prevent uh, things. Committee <laughs> that plans action. Um, we've got a security committee that works on alternative models for policing. So right now, we're working with an alternative model in the Laurel District that we're hoping this year to call some data from and and replicate in other places across the bay. Um, yes. We've got a fundraising committee. Um, I'm sure I'm missing one, but that's sort of the basics yeah. of our work. We, our first responders, we have a guide now that's printed and available to people. Yes. Um, we train communities, um, and we meet once a month uh, 
the third Wednesday of every month at 730 at Eastside Arts Alliance. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. How many people um, are involved? Um, so we've got a, we're black-led, but we're multiracial, multigenerational. Um, the only um, requirement mm-hmm. for, for joining APTP is, is a commitment to eradicating state terror. Yeah. Um, so we've got uh, our black leadership committee, which has one, two, three, four, five people on it. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a coordinating committee, which is basically heads of committees. So the committees that I just named, mm-hmm. those are the people that, you you know, that run, that, yeah, that make yeah. sure that, that those committees are in working order and, and doing work and recruiting new people. Mm-hmm. And then we probably, in our meetings, I would say average, on a, on a, a low turnout night, mm-hmm. 30 to 40 people. Awesome. Um, I think we bring closer to... Uh, Gosh, 80 to 100, 120 oh, yes. uh, every month. That's um, so great. Of those people, I'd say 40% mm-hmm. are regular APTP meeting attenders, <sighs> and the rest of them are probably folks that, you know, either come to an action or, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah so just heard got, of it. we got a pretty decent base. That um, is so great. And a lot great. of work to do, and so for folks that are listening, um, come get busy with us. Yeah, show support, man. Yes. It's right, right across the bridge. <laughs> yes. And also, if folks want to donate, uh, the, the website's at antipoliceterrorproject.org. So, uh, yeah, so folks, please do donate if you're able. We are completely, uh, like I said, we're not a 501c3. There has been some, um, you know, interest from more radical foundations this year for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. It's not big bucks, but it's enough for us to do things like give money to families or you know, yeah. pay light bills for people or bail people out of jail or, you know, Aww. whatever it is that comes up that's related to state violence. Thank you so for what you're doing. What used for, that's what used for. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know. I love that you mentioned, um, you know, helping the families who, you know, who've been affected by police violence and all of that. And it does seem like one day you see it on the news, you know, oh, this guy was shot and killed by, you know, OPD. And then I always wonder, like the following day or the following week or month, how that family is getting by. You know, not only was someone taken away from you, but the way they were taken away is just like life shattering. Exactly. It's really horrific. And and a lot of these families, right, they weren't activists beforehand. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these families Mm -hmm. um, really still believe, even if they were wary of police, but still believe the police are supposed to protect and serve, you know? Yep. Um, And so it's devastating on so many levels. Exactly. Um, But I also, the the other thing that is actually inspiring about this work is the strength of the families, the mm. power of the families, yes. the, the resilience and the insistence on fighting for justice for their loved ones. Hell I would yeah. think, like, if something happened to my daughter, I'd be done, right? Like, yeah. I'd fall into the model, and that would just be it for me. Yeah, check and into the psych ward, and... <laughs> I'm, you know, it's over. Yeah. Um, but these mothers, in particular, and the fathers, too, mm-hmm. um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing yeah. to watch. God, I, I, yeah, I can't wait for your next meeting. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Oh, yeah, God. the families are really special, and and they've, um, you know, they've now got a national network. It's a national network of families mm-hmm. that meets and and supports each other and yeah. support hearing for each other. And 
Yeah. There's a movement afoot, and it's a beautiful thing. Yes. Yeah, I had heard not too long ago, um, it was pretty uh, an interesting way to view what's been going on. Um, But, you know, the lady, uh, oh my God, uh, you know, back in the day, what was it, Emmett Till? I think that was his name. You know, that horrific thing that happened to him, you know, murdered a fucking group of racist nazi bigots back in the day and how this woman held that lie for years until she was on her deathbed and finally admitted that she was a fucking snitch but the view that someone had expressed was that you know this was a horrible thing she did but if it wasn't for her lying it wouldn't have sparked this the civil rights movement essentially like people seeing the, the murder of Emmett Till, and specifically, well, it was it was yes, she told the lie, but specifically, it was that Emmett Till's mother insisted on an open casting. Mm. Exactly, like look at what they did. This shit is real. This is not it funny. It's that it shocked the country into responding. Yeah, um, it, yeah, exactly. It wasn't really her lie, but it was just like it, it, the fact that this. Yeah, <laughs> it was really interesting view. You know, obviously is fucking terrible what happened but i was so glad that the world saw this that's like that's the more people that know the better like like i was saying if that one person who's you know in a protest they don't do anything or say anything but they will have experienced this and they'll go on and tell somebody about it and that's like how it starts you need to spread the word show them pictures and videos of this awesome protest and the fucking passion and, and like i i can't Im- i would ball if i saw one of these mothers speaking you know about their son that was killed by fucking cops like just that strength is so admirable and so moving i'm so happy people like that exist yeah. It's like you know, like I don't think I would be able to handle if you know like my brothers or nieces or someone I hold close were to die at the hands of someone who's supposed to protect and serve. Well, that's the lies that they don't protect and serve. Exactly, exactly. Right. That's what it's fucking. That part. <laughs> yeah, you're like don't believe what you hear. Don't nothing is real. Like well, especially when it comes from those people who just see the just have dollar signs in their eyes. <laughs> thank you for what you do <laughs> it's amazing oh, you know, people say that but you know it's, it's, you're an it's activist our, you're it's active our it says. it's our duty to fight for our freedom yep you're doing what we all should be doing <laughs> it is our duty to win yep we have no choice but to resist want to know more about the actions um, they're all up on our Facebook page mm-hmm. anti-police terror project um, there's a detailed list of everything that's happening this weekend. Awesome. What is it? Um, uh, what is it exactly under the Anti-Police Terror Project? Correct? Yeah, and I'll I'll post that under the invite. Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you again so much for for sharing this information with us. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Mm. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye. All right. So the next, it's every, she said, second or third Wednesday. Mm -hmm. We'll obviously look it up. Yeah, Um, and there's the Anti-Police Terror Project page mm -hmm. on... on Facebook and also their website again for folks who are able to donate and they also have the calendar as well it's antipoliceterrorproject.org mm-hmm. 
<sighs> deep. Yeah. Yeah. The the meetings are really inspirational, and there are, as Kat mentioned, so many folks who are involved in different committees, and I think it's yeah. just it's really the uh, organizing is just so. Um, yeah. Fucking awesome. So I wanted to know the amount of people. Like this yeah. is a huge thing. And it takes a lot of people too. When you think about how like the state is set up and the system is set up and how many folks are part of the system and how many people are in policing and are in the prison industrial complex and how many people work we need to organize directly like opposed to that. Yeah. And so we need to have the same person power that, that they have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of use their numbers as a model. <laughs> like if they got that, well, we need double that. Yeah. yeah. Please people speak up and help. Yeah. Ah, oh, we're out here. It's not all just fucking Nazis out there. It is. I, I would really like, I'm, I, I'm definitely more of an artist, creative type, but I'd love to see the numbers of people that are against poli- the police system and how it's all like, oh God, I want to know. I really, oh, yeah. I'm sad it would devastate me, but I'm, I hope. I mean, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of people who have been hurt and have families, you know, hurt by police violence throughout history. Yeah. So, and I think now that there's, communities online it's easier for folks to connect with one another and to put it out there yeah and that's i guess one i am very critical of technology and social (laughs) media a lot of the time as it can be it's Mm -hmm. like sometimes we see like the worst of humanity and at the on the opposite end it's a way for folks to who might have thought they were alone in certain ways with their experiences or identities to now be like oh i'm not alone in this yeah and i think about like even i know reddit's like complicated and it's it has issues there is like a subreddit called uh bad cop no donut Ah, uh, yes. And I've it's heard just people pol- posting uh, articles of shit that cops. And it's like just, I mean, it's nonstop. There's mm-hmm. so many instances. And these are only the things that are even reported. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every so, second of every yeah. day, there is some shit going down. And yeah. now people are posting it and right. we can see it in real right, time. Right. And that's, it's always been the case. And now at least there's <sighs> people are able to. To recognize that it is happening indeed and what's beautiful about that is that it's on reddit which is a lot of fucking yeah white techie people see this and what's funny is my little techie boyfriend is the one who told me about that and i was so happy i'm like good you're, so you're seeing this you you see why i hate cops you see why just their presence raises my heart rate and freaks me the fuck out so now it's so awesome how uh sensitive he is now like even if we see cops he'll like hold me closer and go do you want to go on the other side of the street you know don't it's, it's okay you know and he like watches because i he knows it's not that i just want to fuck with the cops i just want to make sure they are not fucking with anyone else right right and so now pull out your phone yeah and that's another thing i mean to teach kids too and adults as well is is cop watching yes to to watch yeah they need to be fucking held accountable for their actions right right i read that uh they did a report about boston police officers and I'll, I'll pull up the article. I want to say of the 2,000 Boston police officers, because they're asking them to wear body cameras, which we know is not foolproof. However, it's like 
getting some kind of accountability. Yeah. And only 100 of the 2,000 were turned their cameras on. And apparently of those 100, they were the ones who didn't have any complaints against them. Well, duh. <laughs> of course. You're going to be like, yeah, watch me. I'm a great person. Yeah. It's obviously if you're an asshole and you have something to hide, you're going to hide it. Right. Right. Or turn off your camera. Yeah. It's that easy. Ugh. What is wrong with... And that's what's, you know, fucked up is, you know, I don't know who these people are, but they assume, oh, they're cops, they're good people, they're here to protect. They're just doing a job. Yeah, they're doing their job. And I mean, that's the thing that's just so angry about capitalism is that there are so many jobs out there that involve harming other people. Yeah, like and ICE. What the fuck? I'm just doing my job. Oh. You chose that job. Oh. I would rather clean toilets than be in charge of ruining a family's fucking life yeah like why was that your first choice well you're a shitty person then god yeah no that's that's bullshit i would never like i haven't even had jobs that are that important quote unquote or you know that affect that many people's lives but there's a line like i've worked in customer service and in the food industry my Mm -hmm. entire life if anyone ever tried to disrespect me or anything like that if they were like you know get me my coffee you know someone could argue well just do your job it's your job uh no fuck that i am not going to stand for someone disrespecting me or calling me names or you know i don't care if it's my job there is a line and so it's, it would be awesome if, you know, someone who was raiding a home with a bunch of, I, I don't know, you know, if someone's like, you just do your job. No, fuck this. My job is to be a good human being first. Right, right. <laughs> that's, that's your job. <laughs> oh. Stop being shitty. <laughs> yeah. God. But I'm so glad yeah. you, you had, you were able to communicate with Kat and oh, yeah. have her call was, in. Um, yeah. I was uh, at a meeting this past week and just so many so many folks there and just wanting to yeah put the word out and also just as as Kat mentioned that there are so many ways that folks can contribute yeah so no matter what your skill set is no matter what your ability is abilities are and there's so many ways that folks can contribute so Mm -hmm. just reminding that and reminding myself of that as well where there's like there's so many ways that folks can fight back yeah there's always something we can do if you're a good artist make some signs make the sandwiches Mm -hmm. we need your help yeah and and create the world that we want to live in yep and that's i mean so much it's like i mean the systems i mean it's collapsing in itself and then at the same time we need to form the world we want to live in and yeah prepare for building it back up that's something i've been thinking a lot about too like what happens if we get what we want or what you know what if cops are finally abolished for some awesome reason yeah what are we gonna do (laughs) well yeah it's about like communities looking out for each other and maybe decentralizing Mm -hmm. the the idea of who's in charge i mean it's really like horizontal leadership than the idea of not like not having a hierarchy in terms of yeah who gets to decide what happens it's really consensus based which i recognize is really difficult yeah i mean for folks who have ever lived in a communal living situation or any kind of situation <laughs> finding being able to agree on something that works for everyone it is just mm-hmm. and of course everyone has their own opinions as to yeah what is just so yeah and it's how it is worth working on given that the alternative is that people are being murdered <laughs> yeah. so it's it shouldn't even be like don't be lazy it's not like oh things are working well things are fucking horrible right now yeah so we need to find other ways of being and communicating and working out and 
uh, taking care of each other and looking out for each other. Yeah, exactly. And also understanding the root causes too. It's the, this idea of how poverty is so criminalized in our culture, and then, and then the city. It's just so apparent when we see these cops harassing folks who are unhoused. It's mm. horrendous. Yeah, it's it's so fucking sad. Yeah, if you see a homeless person walk into a coffee shop. Everyone is immediately staring at them because they're not balling out of control and they can't afford a North Face jacket. Yeah. So, you know, and all they want to do is use the bathroom, but they can't. Yeah. That's that's one thing that's always bothered me. I mean, so many fucking things that bother me. Bam. Oh, yeah. Poverty. So is, many things. Yeah. Poverty is violence. Yeah. And until that's eradicated, there's not going to be any justice. Yep. Exactly. I feel like, I, I mean, I definitely have like regrets in my life in terms of, you know, ways I've behaved. You know, I think back like, oh, I didn't know that these things then, or I'm always trying to, like, always wanting to learn and to be, a, I guess, like, better person. Such a weird weird kind of language to use however maybe a different understanding of things and I also recognize I get so angry at like police officers and politicians and I'm not angry enough well I shouldn't say I'm not angry enough landlords like greedy landlords also uh, cause so much harm Mm -hmm. and I feel like equal anger needs to be and there is a lot of anger towards landlords the greedy landlords who end up evicting people evicting elderly folks disabled folks Mm -hmm. folks it doesn't even it just I'm so angry at landlords. I'm angry at the lawyers who defend them, too. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's one thing I was thinking of just yesterday. Lawyers that are... That's their job, is to defend this person. Right, No, it's not. And and what's interesting, landlords are, like, privatized, too. No one knows exactly who this is, but they have so much fucking power. And it's so sad that they they can make such an awesome difference. But, yeah, let's see. Oh, so we have another phone call? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hello, welcome to Mutiny Radio. How's it going? Hi, I was calling about one of the actions for the 96 Hours weekend. Okay. Uh, uh, it's happening in San Francisco tonight on Defending Durham. Huh? Oh, yes, thank you. Well, tell us more. Hello? So are you yeah. able to take the call right now? Oh, or? yes, 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 we're on the air. Yeah. Oh, cool. Tell us. Uh, yeah, tonight uh, we're having an action at the San Francisco federal building, the one on 7th Street and Mission, mm-hmm. as part of the 96 Hours of Action to Reclaim MLK. Um, the action is uh, related to the uh, uh, comrades in Durham who toppled that Confederate statue back yes. in August. And um, they actually had a wonderful victory yesterday. There were eight of them up on felony charges mm-hmm. uh, for toppling the statue. And the felony charges were dropped yesterday. Yes. Uh, but they're still going to be facing misdemeanor conspiracy charges oh. and have a, a trial date for that set for January 19th. So the event tonight um, at the federal building in San Francisco is we're, um, with the uh, help of Resistance SF, we're doing a big projection on the building um, with some graphics from the, the Defend Durham, and we're going to be showing the video of the toppling of the statue and also awesome. from the uh, APTP um, demands for the 96 hours. Um, and we'll be having kind of a noise demonstration at the same time where awesome. we'll just have some good sounds, um, uh, some good um, uh, progressive uh, uh uh, music and uh, we're asking people to bring instruments or noisemakers and Yay. do a little chanting and stuff. But 
it just we call it a noise demo it's just going to be a spirited action around the projection awesome. so it's going to be at 5 30 mm-hmm. tonight mm-hmm. at um seventh admission at the uh, federal building there awesome heck yeah thank you that's awesome oh the conspiracy to to initiate justice oh no <laughs> Right. So the folks there actually have called for people to do it like Durham. That's their slogan. You yes. know, they they um, awesome. they've called on people to, uh, you know, use their example and don't wait for governments, uh, state or local governments, which take years. If you propose getting rid of some uh, reactionary monument like a Confederate monument or you know something. Um, related to Columbus and anti-indigenous um, yeah. folks, uh, you know, they they try to go through this legal process, taking years to try to get rid of anything yeah. like that. Um, and the Durham folks just did it yep. themselves. Yeah, you know? <laughs> So that's yeah. kind of their call is to do it like Durham. Yeah. Absolutely, that's that great. Awesome, <laughs> love it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, thanks for allowing us to share. Of yeah. course, anytime. Thanks so much. Awesome. Have a All great right. weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for the folks from APTP for calling in. Lots of great actions that folks can participate in. And also, if you're not in the Bay Area, consider provide, you know, creating actions where you live and or finding ones that are happening in your in your area as well. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Got to do something this weekend. Well, on Monday for sure. Yeah, getting excellent. out there. Excellent. RIP MLK. <laughs> I'm going to get out of here and make All a right. difference in this little girl's life. All right. Well, let's take a little bit of a music break and then we'll be back with some news stories for the, uh, the rest of the show. So thank you so much again for the folks at APTP for calling in mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be back in a bit. Yeah. Thanks guys. <laughs>
And welcome back to the weekly review. Again, big thank you to Azalia and Heather and Cat Brooks and folks from the APTP for calling in and sharing the the actions as well as the work that APTP does. And again, if folks would like to get involved, you can like the Facebook page, and that's uh, Anti-Police Terror Project. And you can also check out antipoliceterrorproject.org. If you are able to donate, please do. Please do. Many ways to help support the organization and many events happening this weekend. So please do check those out as well. And the, the website also has a list of, if you go to the Facebook page, also a list of the events that are happening starting today and going on through Monday. So uh, folks seem to, to, to I don't, uh, that, those, those few seconds that the noise I made, the sound I made, uh, is how I feel about Democrats in general. Just the, uh, 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 yeah. So recently there was uh, a bill to not only reauthorize, but to expand unconstitutional NSA spying. And guess what happened? It passed. I know folks, I know listeners are shocked that our representatives would sell us out like that. I hope you're sitting down and you're able to go to therapy this week and talk about it and how uh, I'm, yeah. So that's what happened. And of course, Grossy Pelosi <laughs> was one of those folks who decided that was an okay thing to do. There's an article right up in Medium as well as in the Intercept Grant, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's 118, and I forget what words are. Glenn Greenwald also wrote up about that as well. So Democrats were also some of the folks who voted in favor of this. They want to spy on us even more. And I recognize some people are like, well, don't we already share everything online? Yeah, a lot of us do. And also, this is kind of even overstepping more than they already do. They're already like, it's, it's just, no. You can't go ahead and be like, oh, this, this president's so terrible, and then go ahead and vote for something that they are in support of. How is that standing up against them? I don't get it. In the article in Medium that came out, uh, the House of Representatives just voted 256 to 164, so it wasn't even close. Granted, there are some folks to, to you know, voted against it. However, 256 to 164. And this is why, as the, the last caller mentioned, the idea is that with the do it like Durham, Go outside the system, because the people who are elected don't give a shit about us. And by all means, please, I don't think they listen to the show. I'm pretty sure they don't. I'd be surprised if they do. I don't know why they would, unless the NSA... You know, prove me wrong. That's the whole thing. I would love to be proven wrong and to live in a just society. I My ego, it's not worth it. If I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been wrong about state the state being terrible and all these things, I would love that. If that meant that everyone was safe and taken care of, my ego could use that bruising. Oh, I've been wrong for this entire time I've been doing the show. I've been wrong in terms of how I think about the world and blah, 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 and criticizing people in positions of power. Go ahead. Prove me wrong. I would love it. I would invite people in positions of power to actually look out for the people that they're supposed to represent. I would love that. To wake up tomorrow and be wrong. That would be nice. That would be really nice. I'd be grateful if that were to happen. In the meantime, the House of Representatives just voted 256 to 164 to pass S-139, which reauthorizes the U.S. government's mass spying powers under Section 702 of the FISA Amendments Act. They also voted down an amendment that attempted to fix the worst parts of the bill and limit domestic spying on American citizens. The bill heads to the Senate this Tuesday, and we only need 41 senators to stop the vote. 
A bipartisan group of senators are already threatening to filibuster as it does not include the Fourth Amendment protections for innocent Americans. <sighs> contact your senators right now. So if you're into that whole thing, contact your senators right now by texting FREEDOM <laughs> to 384-387. Tell them to vote no um, on cloture and no on S-139. These are the House representatives, both Democrats and Republicans, because they like fucking us over on both sides, who voted in support of reauthorizing and expanding NSA surveillance. And there's a lot of them. There's hundreds, so hundreds of them. So I'm not going to read all their names. I'm not going to read all their names, but check out the Medium article, and it's posted on a Weekly Review webpage at Weekly Review. It's not that Weekly Review. It's at Facebook.com slash Weekly Review. Speaking of which... If you support this show, listen to it. We had 11,000 downloads in December. I don't know who these people are. Thank you for listening, though. I'm grateful for that. That's awesome. Please do help spread the word. And also, this is a love of labor of love. Love of labor, labor of love. All of the above. There's also a show called uh, Labor of Love here on Mutiny Radio. Check that out. I believe it's on Saturdays. Love and Labor, it's called. I believe. Apologies. Uh, Okay. Uh, I've been doing this show now since 2013. And it's a labor of love. Um, so in order to help with the rental fees here, we're almost at our goal to cover the rental fees. Um, if you have a few bucks, um, if you can donate it, that would be super awesome. We have a Patreon set up, and that's at patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. If you even donate a dollar, I won't say even, if you donate a dollar a month, that is awesome. I almost appreciate that more, a dollar a month. That would be great. Help us reach our goal of $100 a month to fully cover the rental costs, to put on this show, to be able to talk to folks, share information while we still have it. The the idea of free speech, while we still have, while we're able to share this information, please, it would be really helpful until until we can live in a world without cur- the idea of currency and how fucked up, not the idea of currency, you know what I mean. You get it. The idea that uh, we don't need capital to exist. Maybe that's better. It would be super helpful. I'd appreciate it. It would make me feel very, really good. Thanks. There we go. I'm getting a little bit better at marketing. No, am I? Yes. Asking for help. Asking for what one needs. Yeah, we do need funding. We do. Help cover the rental costs of the studio. That would be great. For more news articles, check out facebook.com slash weekly rev. Also, if you're interested in listening to previous episodes, check out uh, mutinyradio.fm and we have the archive up going back to for the weekly review it goes back to actually all the shows that we have now it goes back to January of 2015 and eventually we'll have the other shows that go back to 2013 they're they're saved in the in the cloud somewhere I'm not a tech person I don't know the terminology it, it exists in the world there's a couple of lost episodes that we have that just didn't make it and they exist in our minds and in our hearts someone posted uh, a, a nice little reminder just about I'm, I'm not even gonna just the idea of what's happening with uh, America right now so we're bombing eight different countries half the US makes $30,000 a year or less we have the worst health care in the developed world 45,000 people die each year from lack of coverage we have $1.2 trillion in student loan debt our infrastructure gets a D plus so let's not so that was I'm not even gonna repeat some other things that have been said by people in positions of power. We kinda know what this is about. It's just the uh clean your own what's it what's the phrase like clean your own house before you talk crap about someone else's? That I'm making that up. 
Engineer says he quit Google after order to stop pro-diversity posts. Thanks, Google. I thought you were supposed to not be evil. There's that. Um, there's another article from the LA Times. Defending the environment has become a suicide mission in many parts of the world. I'm going to get too depressed if I read that article out loud. And, oh, the earth, the planet. Some more facts here. Um, we're prison abolitionists here. And here are some facts for folks. In the United States, one in three adults has a, have a criminal record. One in 100 are in prison. And one in 14 children have a parent that's incarcerated. It's really fucked up. Speaking of prisons and how fucked up they are, and there are so many ways they're fucked up and reasons that they're fucked up. Uh, Think Progress has a, an article, a new program in New York is severely restricting the books available to people in prison. It's not enough to separate people from their families and to demand free or low-cost labor from them. You also have to restrict, they're also restricting what people can fucking read. The first five vendors combined offered just 77 books, 24, 24 were coloring books. And uh, Addie Baird wrote this article. It came out on January 8th, again from Think Progress. A new program in New York is severely restricting the books available to people in prison. Directive 4911A. Who the fuck comes up? I mean, just... I'm ready to burn it all down. Which was... Ooh. But there'll be another article beginning to a little bit that's a little bit more proactive instead of me sitting here being angry. Uh, Directive 4911A, which was issued last month, currently applies to three prisons in the state and could be expanded to every facility in New York. The plan limits packages that incarcerated people in New York state prisons can receive to items purchased from six vendors with two more expected to be added. A move the state's Department of Corrections and Community Supervision claims will enhance the safety and security of correctional facilities through a more controlled inmate package program. Fuck them. I don't have enough words of anger towards the people... The first five vendors combined offer just five romance novels, 14 religious texts. Well, of course they have religious texts. 24 drawing or coloring books, 21 puzzle books, 11 how-to books, one dictionary, and one thesaurus. Last week, the state appeared to add a sixth vendor, but the full catalog doesn't appear to be available to people in prison in the state, and the governor's office did not respond to questions about the addition. One group, the Books Through Bars Collective, has been working to raise red flags about the directive's unintended consequences. For more than 20 years, Books Through Bars has been sending books to people in prison in 40 states at no charge. Incarcerated people and their families can write to Books Through Bars to request any book on any topic, and the all-volunteer organization sends 600 packages every month fulfilling those requests. The 4911A directive would mean that people in prison would have, as Books Through Bars wrote in a statement objecting to the policy before the sixth vendor was added, no Jane Austen, Ernest Hemingway, Maya Angelou, or other literature that helps people connect with what it means to be human, no texts that help provide skills essential to finding and maintaining work after release from prison, no books about health, about history, about almost anything inside or outside the prison walls. This draconian restriction closes off so much of the world to thousands of people. Amy Peterson, a Books Through Bars member, told Think Progress Monday that a man once wrote the group to say the books they provided to him made it possible for him to learn English, a skill that greatly increased his job prospects upon, re- upon, re- upon, re- upon re- release. 
<sighs> Other people in prison have asked books through bars for books about business. That would no longer be possible should 4911A become the statewide policy. Peterson also said that in more than two decades of work, books through bars has never had an instance of someone finding contraband in a book they're, they've provided and never heard of any of their packages being a safety issue. Limiting book availability also goes against the clear researched link about education in prison and lowers rates of recidivism, Peterson said Monday. It's my personal feeling that it's misguided, Peterson said Monday. This provision wasn't well thought out. But then again, neither are fucking prisons. That's my own opinion. Now families have to order from these catalogs. Being forced to order from the approved vendors is another red flag for books through bars. As Peterson noted, many people in prison and their families face financial challenges. And even if the directive or allowed for a more expansive library, the move forces families to purchase books for their loved ones, while books through bars can and will provide them for free. Books aren't the only thing limited by the new directive. It also means that people in prison will not be allowed packages of fresh produce, the visitors will no longer be allowed to bring gifts, and as Books Through Bars put in their statement, small businesses are dismissed in favor of exploitative prison industry businesses. Peterson said Monday that she thinks the new directive comes from the same line of thinking that produced the state's TV facilities, which are fucking horrible. Nine facilities in the state are considered TV facilities where incarcerated people, because there is access to television, are restricted to just two food packages per year. Until now, books have been an exception to this TV facility rule. Governor Andrew Cuomo, who has been floated as a possible Democratic presidential candidate in 2020, because of course he has, referred Think Progress to his administration's Department of Corrections and Community Supervision, DOCCS, for comment. His office did not answer questions about whether the governor supports the new restrictive directive and whether he thinks books through bars criticisms of the pilot program are valid. I can fucking answer. I'm not an elected official. It probably will never be. I think it's fucking bullshit. Thanks for... That's my quote. You can quote me on that. It's bullshit. It's fucked up. Late Monday evening, DOCCS responded to a request for comment, saying in a statement, over the last two years, the department worked to develop a secure vendor package program to increase facility safety by reducing the introduction of contraband. Secure vendor programs are used by nearly 30 jurisdictions in the country and are cited as a national best practice. Furthermore, it is patently false to suggest that individuals in DOCCS custody will not have access to books, magazines, and other literature. Uh, and correction, this, this headline, off, okay, so the headline of the article has been updated to correct the number of books allowed inside New York State prisons. An earlier version stated that the number was 98. The correct total is 77. Ah, prisons suck. They need to be abolished. The end. Okay. I think it's time for a music break because that's going to cheer us all up, isn't it? Maybe. Music's great. Music's fun. I like it. I was playing some Aphex Twin earlier, put Rage Against the Machine earlier as well, and opened up the show with a, a song called Rorschach by a band called Typhoon. There's a, a good public radio station I like to listen to called The Current that's out of Minneapolis, and I hear music on there that I hadn't heard before. It's always good to be exposed to new music, and I'd go through a phase sometimes if I was listening to it, um, and I hadn't heard it before. They also, the nice thing about listening online is that they show the name of the artist and the name of the song. And so what I would do is I would do a screen capture of the name of the artist and the song, and then I'd go back and listen to it. And I have a backlog of songs I haven't, I'd forgotten about in a way. And that was one of the songs I heard it 
at some point in the past, I'd forgotten about it, and I was looking on my computer for music to play today, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a good song, let me listen to that again, that sounds good. So I wanted to, to share that with, with folks as well. Also heard a song by Tycho, and that's T-Y-C-H-O. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I hope so. I recognize I mispronounce things in my life and on the show. Apologies for that. And working to do better. <sighs> okay. So. How about some more music? Yeah? Does that sound good to people? There's another song. And... I'm going to pull that up right now um, as I gather my thoughts. And there's another article having to do with prisons and stuff, and it's about folks in Florida taking action and going on a strike. And I think that's great. So here's another song. It's um, by a band called... It's also important just to recognize that when I say the name of the band versus the name of the song, and sometimes I mix those up. I'm human. We make mistakes. The band's called Now Now, and the song is called Thread. And I like the, well, I'll talk about it afterwards.
And welcome back. That was a band called Now Now. It's a song called Thread. It might be about a relationship. I think about the idea of pulling a thread of, like, of the state. Pulling that thread out, un, unweaving it. That was one, my thought about it. Pulling the thread out. Dismantling it. Coming up right now is a story from Shadowproof. It's also been posted in a lot of different... Uh, a lot of different places online and the article in particular I'm going to read is from Shadowproof and this came out on January 11th which was yesterday written by Brian uh, Sonenstein and movement against prison slavery ramps up with Operation Push in Florida incarcerated individuals in Florida announced they will resist their exploitation and abuse with an ongoing nonviolent protest called Operation Push organizers believe thousands across eight prisons will wage economic protest beginning January 15th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. For no less than one month, they will refuse to work in the kitchen, the laundry, on farms, in maintenance, or in other jobs upon which the prison depend to function. They will boycott products and services, forego phone calls and the canteen, and engage in other activities to disrupt the prison economy. One incarcerated organizer said the goal is to get what we deserve from our government. Due to the high risk of retaliation for organizing Operation Push, this prisoner spoke anonymously and will be henceforth referred to as John. They use wordplay and deceive the public about what really goes inside the system. What really goes inside the system, John said. We want to expose those things, as well as make changes that will benefit us as inmates and also society at large. A manifesto for Operation Push declares they will not stop until the injustice we see facing prisoners within the Florida system is resolved. There are three core demands, fair monetary compensation for prison labor, an end to price gauging, gouging, uh, against gauging, gouging, uh, excuse me, against prisoners and their families, and parole incentives for those with life sentences or parole dates in the distant future, known as Buck Rogers time. Our goal is to make the governor realize that it will cost the state of Florida millions of dollars daily to contract outside companies to come and cook, clean, and handle the maintenance. The manifesto explains, this will cause a total breakdown. There's also a strong environmental component to the action because of the intersection of labor, punishment, and the environment that exists within Florida prisons. Operation Push is the latest resistance in a long movement against prison slavery in America. This movement has experienced a second wind since September 2016, when incarcerated people coordinated a massive labor strike for the 45th anniversary of the Attica Rebellion. The experience of these uprisings and the violent response to them by prison officials guided Florida organizers as they planned Operation Push. I joined this action because I have been subject to the system and I see all the flaws and I see all people being destroyed from the lack of knowledge, a lack of opportunity, John said. I want to organize for change so that I can help to do whatever I can. The demands. The first demand of Operation Push is to end prison slavery. Prisoners want to be compensated with money for their labor, not with gain time or time off their sentences. They want to earn a fair wage. This would allow them to support themselves while inside and let them save money in preparation for their release. If I were living in a neighborhood and someone were coming home from a situation like this after spending 10, 15, 20 years in the system, I'd rather that person come home educated with a couple dollars in their pockets, John said. I think that would be helpful for society. Instead of creating a revolving door where you lock people up and just set them up for failure so that they can keep coming back to the prison. According to documents obtained by the Prison Policy Initiative, Florida prisoners earn between 
Whoa. Oh, wow. Zero to $50. Is that... Excuse me while I just make this a little bit larger. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. According to documents obtained by the Prison Policy Initiative, Florida prisoners earn between zero and $50 per month, depending on the work. Most of the jobs related to the prison's basic functioning are unpaid. Industry jobs pay 20 cents to 55 cents an hour and are provided as inmate training by a company called the Prison Rehabilitative Industries and Diversified Enterprises, Inc., or Pride Enterprises. Um, I know that the idea of taking a break from this article is to like wish well and good on the world. I think I think that specific company... Um, I want them to be destroyed. Is that the word I want to use? Or maybe just like good for everyone except for this company? I mean, just whoever is in charge of that company. Um, oh, I, I have nothing but just anger. Gross. I wish I had more concrete. I know this is a radio program and I, it's based on words. And I have nothing but anger for them. Nothing but anger. I wish I had something more constructive to say, or not necessarily even positive, more just... Ugh. It's fucking sick. It's disgusting. Continuing on, in the fiscal year of 2016 to 2017, the Florida Department of Corrections, FLDOC, reported prisoners work over 400,000 hours growing fruit and vegetables and grow millions of pounds of fresh vegetables each year, which are planted, tended, harvested, and consumed by the inmate population. Prisoners produce over 6.3 million pounds of fresh produce valued at the excess of $3.1 million. While pay is low to non-existent, the cost of living in prison is high and quickly consumes their meager, meager wages. For example, phone rates within FLDOC are four cents per minute locally and 14 cents per minute for prepaid and collect calls. A prisoner earning 20 cents an hour would have to work six hours to afford a 30 minute local phone call, notwithstanding their other living expenses. This whole entire operation is run by inmates on the inside, John said. We do the upkeep, we do the maintenance, we do the painting. By sitting down and refusing to work, these officials will have to find some replacement to do those jobs. Prisoners are sent to labor without pay on the outside as well, including for government agencies and nonprofit organizations. They also work in jobs that are difficult and dangerous. Increasingly, prisoners are tapped as a free workforce for cleaning up natural disasters. In Florida, they worked without pay to clean up Hurricane Irma. These workers are not covered by the same labor protections as those on the outside, and some health and safety groups argue this work can be more deadly than the storms themselves. Haitian prisoners in the Florida system who wrote a letter expressing solidarity with the action pointed out how immigrant labor is exploited under this arrangement. There are so many Haitians, Jamaican, and Latinos in the FLDOC serving sentences that exceed life expectancy and or life sentences who are not being, de who are not being deported. They use all immigrants for free labor and then deport them. Oh. <sighs> Why flood the system with immigrants waiting to be deported after serving their entire sentence because of the benefit? The undeniable truth is Florida prisoners are slaves who work and do not get paid, they wrote. John said the action will hopefully force FLDOC to take them seriously. By law, they have to feed us, so they're going to have to find people to cook and serve the food. And every day that we sit down will affect the budget for next year, he said. 
The second demand is to end outrageous canteen prices. The canteen is where prisoners purchase hygiene hygiene products, food to supplement their inadequate and unpalatable meals, and other items. Operation Push calls for the canteen to stop price gouging prisoners and sell items at their market value. In one example from the manifesto, prisoners point out that while a package of soups on the street is $4, it's $17 on the inside. It's not just us they're taking from, the manifesto argues. It's our families who struggle to make ends meet and send us money. They are the real victims that the state of Florida is taking advantage of. Canteens in Florida are operated by the Keefe Group. That's K-E-E-F-E. Uh, which is part of a $1.6 billion market. After an acquisition by another commissary giant, Trinity Services Group fucked them as well. The company's annual revenues are expected to reach nearly $900 million. Where are the pitchforks? Where are the guillotines? Let's take care of the people fucking running these companies. The third demand is for parole incentives for people facing life sentences and or with release dates far in the future, which could help drive people into rehabilitative and educational programs that are required for parole. It is tied to the demand for fair pay because of its importance to transitioning back to society. For example, someone serving a 10-year sentence may lose all family support. Money stop, the letters stop, he finds himself supporting himself the best way he can. In short, the system robbed him of 10 years of labor. He has nothing to show for it, so now even if he does his 10-year bid with no probation or parole, he's still a convicted felon, and finding a job is very difficult. Outside of their core demands, organizers call for an end to overcrowding and acts of brutality committed by officers throughout FLDOC, which have resulted in the highest death rates in prison history. Organizers went Florida to honor the moratorium on state executions as a court ordered state to do as a court ordered the state to do without the legal loophole now being used to kill prisoners on death row. They also went to have their voting rights restored as a basic human right to all, not a privilege, regardless of criminal convictions. And also if we're talking about the idea of criminals, uh, the criminals right now are in the fucking White House. They're in Congress. The criminals are fucking war criminals. How about them? Excuse me. Okay. Operation Push intends to expose the environmental conditions we face, like extreme temperatures, mold, contaminated water, and being placed next to toxic sites such as landfills, military bases, and phosphate mines, including a proposed mine which would surround the reception and medical center prison in Lake Butler. This is why Fight Toxic Prisons, FTP, I like those initials, FTP, A prisoner advocacy group focused on the intersection of prisons and the environment is one, excuse me, this is why Fight Toxic Prisons, FTP, a prisoner advocacy group focused on the intersection of prisons and the environment is one of the groups on the outside leading the charge. FTP organizer Panagioti Solkis told Shadowproof, there is an abundance of underreported issues where prisoners were affected by environmental issues as well as prisons themselves affecting the surrounding environment. Those incarcerated in Florida's coastal prisons and jails have had to live with and labor through the environmental dangers associated with climate change like sea level rise, extreme heat, poor water quality, and devastating natural disasters such as hurricanes. There's There's a symbolism to that reality. Excuse me. There's a symbolism to that, really. 
that prisoners are viewed as almost like a subhuman class, Sulkis said. They're not granted the same basic constitutional rights, slavery being the most extreme and the most obvious, but also their voting rights and basic First Amendment protections. The people outside the pr- as people outside the prison, we tend to think those are basic things that define our standard and equ- and equ- standard of equality and justice and human rights. When you strip people of those rights, it becomes a lot easier than to exploit them and use them in this way, doing labor that maybe other people don't want to do or people don't want to pay for having done, he said. When you look at the task of attempting to mitigate the damage of living in an industrialized society and you pass it off to people in prisons, it actually has a very similar role as to what happens in the sweatshop on the other side of the U.S.-Mexico border or across the world in factory sweatshop conditions. People want to be able to ignore or not have to see or think about that, and prisoners very much fall into that category in a similar way as sweatshop workers and immigrant communities. They're just this invisible population. I think when we have the opportunity to make them visible and to get people thinking and considering the humanity of these people and the fact that they are friends and relatives and neighbors to all of us, that also has an environmental implication because it makes it more difficult to excuse exposing them to toxic conditions when you see yourself reflected in that person. And I think as much as such, it changes the willingness to accept that level of contamination generally because you have to think, what if that was me or someone that I love who was having to do that. FTP helped amplify the call for the September 2016 prison strike in Florida by working on mailings with other groups in which they shared their analysis of the intersection of prisons and the environment. Their correspondence with prisoners raised other environmental concerns that overlapped with the overpopulation and abuse that is rampant in Florida prisons. Florida's, (laughs) we're getting to the end here, rampant in Florida's prison system. FTP is engaging prisoners about air and water pollution and their health regarding a new phosphate mine proposed in the so-called prison belt across northern Florida, where there is a high concentration of prisons. It's a rural area, so it's 3,000 people a quarter mile from the proposed phosphate mine. The prisoners are actually the largest population of people in the immediate vicinity of the proposed mine, Salkis said. So in a way, the, pr- the prisoners had a lot at stake, and we are definitely one of the frontline communities that will be impacted health-wise. We decided it was a good place to show people these concerns that we have around water and air quality. These environmental issues don't just affect us on the outside, but also affect prisoners. And in a way, prisoners have a very central role in potentially challenging this sort of mining operation as well, because the state is responsible for their health care and well-being. FTP has worked with prisoners to challenge the mine as it goes into a permitting process. We just did a big mailing to prisoners and encouraging them to submit comments to the permitting agency, he said. And we also, at the same time, let them know about the Operation Push call for a prison strike. We've been doing that organizing simultaneously, along with incarcerated workers organizing committee. So the article goes on a little bit longer, and you can check this out again at shadowproof.com. It's a really lengthy article, lots of information there. And so folks want to finish up reading it, you can check it out. And again, at shadowproof.com, and at the bottom it says, uh, Jared Ware contributed reporting to this piece. I think it's time to wrap up the show. We've said a lot, talked to a lot of great folks. Again, big thank you to the Anti-Police Terror Project. Thank you to Cat Brooks for calling in. Um, there are a lot of events happening starting today, going on through the weekend. So again, please do check out the Anti-Police Terror Project on Facebook, as well as their website. Please donate if you're able. Come to meetings. There are many ways folks can participate. Ugh. Thank you so much for listening to the show. This is Roman. Thanks to Azalia and Heather for being here as well. Thank you for the listeners and for folks who support the show. 
Um, there are many people who help support the show through listening, uh, through funding, through getting the word out. Please, any way you can. It's great. Coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Val, followed by the Common Thread Collective. There are lots of things happening in the world. I'm running out of words. I'm not running out. I'm just kind of tired of talking. And I've been talking a lot. And start off the day with some coffee, which is probably why I'm talking so fast. There's a lot of things to say. So again, thanks, folks, for listening. Thank you for doing what you're doing in the world. Being kind, sharing information, living, etc. <sighs> going to end with a, a song. Uh, the band Wolf Parade is going to be in town this, this week uh, in San Francisco and in Berkeley. And they have a song... Uh, called build another world and i like that idea about building another world and i feel like that's a good uh uh, a good thing to think about this idea of like what is the world that we want to live in and how do we create another world and that's as much as this current world that we're in with the prisons and the state and cops and all landlords and so much greed and uh, and poverty how do we create a world that's sustainable and that's just for people and yeah, here's to living in that world. Here's to creating the world that we want to live in. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll be. I'm <laughs> uh, just getting a little bit delirious here, and uh, that'll be that'll be up in in a moment as I continue talking. Here we build another world. We built another world, past tense. So maybe in the future, and for folks in the future listening to this. How is the world working out? Let's build another world.